0: Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. This is episode 67, and today I have the special privilege of interviewing two guests that are going to talk about a new business venture that they're involved with. Amy Vollmer, who is a pediatric physical therapist, and Audra Drake, who is a pediatric occupational therapist. And they're here today to talk about their new venture, which is called Hillside Farm Pediatric Therapy. And during this interview today. We're going to learn what that's about. Uh, They are starting this on June 3rd, and they do have an open house this Saturday, May 4th. So if you're listening before that, you're going to hear some details about that open house as well. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. So before we get into a little bit of your backgrounds, if you could share with the audience, what is Hillside Farm Pediatric Therapy?
1: Well, Hillside Farm Pediatric Therapy is an LLC that Audra and I started um, because we wanted to provide outpatient pediatric therapy to children in the Oxford and surrounding communities using animals as motivation for them to reach their goals and also using a natural environment for children to explore and grow.
0: Okay. Can you share an example of what that might look like? So someone gets out of, a, out of a healthcare setting and then they come to you and, and what happens from there?
1: Sure. Well, people who come to me typically children will have um, some type of a diagnosis, cerebral palsy, spina bifida, muscular dystrophy, those types of things. and typically they have some issues that they're working through such as weakness or some balance issues coordination is another big thing that I uh, help children to address. And so instead of going to a hospital setting and doing so many sets of exercises, we will use play-based interventions to help children develop strength, balance, and coordination. Sometimes that might involve horseback riding. So if they're working on trunk strength or core strength, um, getting up on a horse, where they have to actually use their muscles and co-contract their muscles to stabilize the trunk, to control all of that movement, then can uh, affect their functionality on the ground.
2: And with occupational therapy, um, still treat some of the same kind of diagnoses, but also um, I work a lot with kids that um, have diagnosis of autism, kids with fine motor concerns, and incorporating the animals into that. um, The kids that have, have the diagnosis of autism you know, sometimes the animals can be very calming because with autism, oftentimes relate to animals better than they do with people. So sometimes that can be calming for them and help them deal with things that they're going through. Um, They typically have a lot of sensory issues. So we do have a sensory um, area. We've taken two stalls and put in rubber mulch. We've got a swing. We've got like balance beams and trampolines, things that we would use to help with their sensory systems and help them be able to remain calm and help them be able to function. And then like the fine motor piece, incorporating the animals, we can incorporate the grooming piece that you do with the animals. So with the horses, um, helping helping get the horses tacked up, the buckles and, and things like that can help with that fine motor piece. If you're working with a kid maybe who has um, a weakness on one side so their arm is infected grooming you know having them reach up with their arm as high as they can while they're brushing the horse um, can be very helpful and motivating than doing like 15 reps of arm lifts you know it's way more fun to groom a horse than it is to just do straight up exercises okay
0: well that's a great summary and i've i've got a lot of questions in my head now to (laughs) to ask you Uh, but before i do that Uh, Could each of you share your backgrounds, including the experiences that you've had with this type of therapy that's leading you to this next venture that you're undertaking?
1: Sure. Uh, I graduated from Ohio State Physical Therapy School in 1992, so I'm old, and I have 27 years of experience working with children. Uh, Part of that time was through Children's Hospital that had a satellite in Oxford, I've provided outpatient pediatric therapy in Oxford at McCullough Hyde, and also in various school systems in the area. Um, As far as hippotherapy training, Audra and I both have completed the Level 1 course in Texas, uh, which was a week-long course, and it incorporated uh, aspects of horseback riding and how you can use those as treatment principles when you're working with individuals with special needs. Okay.
2: Um, I have to think. Um, so I graduated from Eastern Kentucky. Um, coming out of school, I did not start working in pediatrics. I actually worked 10 years at Fort Hamilton on the psychiatric unit um, and also did some co- cross-training that I worked in patient rehab um, and would cover for some of the other rehab therapists, and one of them being the, our pediatric therapist that worked at Fort Hamilton at the time. Um, I've also done some hand therapy as well, so I've kind of done a little bit of everything, but when I was at Fort Hamilton, it was mostly on the psychiatric unit. And then about 15 years ago, a lot of changes happened at Fort Hamilton, being bought out by different organizations, and it it just wasn't the same friendly place to work anymore, um, and decided to um, look for other options, and at that time, my kids were little, and so I looked into working. Actually, at McCullough Hyde and at at school, the school system, so that's kind of where my pediatric really started. Even though I had been covering like maternity leave and stuff before that, um, and so I've been in the been um, working pediatrics the last fifteen years.
0: Okay. So, based on that background information that you just shared, what led you to? talking about this venture and what niche do you think you can fill that you weren't able to fill with your employers that that you were working with?
1: Well, um, in a hospital setting, typically we were in a very small room, so you had small space to work with, um, and it was a lot of exercise. We tried to do as much play-based therapy as we could, um, but it's limiting to some degree. Um, And in the school setting, everything that you do has to be educationally relevant. So if someone has a strength issue or a balance issue and it's not affecting their education, then we don't provide that service. Um, Fort Hamilton no longer has outpatient pediatrics. McCulloh Hyde no longer has outpatient pediatrics. Um, The only place that children in this area can go is to Triangle Therapy in Eaton, which is running a very similar program to what we hope to accomplish, or where they can go to satellites of Children's Hospital. And those are not going to be in a barn. They're not going to be out in nature. They're not going to have animals. Uh-huh. Uh, so we really modeled our practice quite a bit after Margie Benj and her uh,
2: practice of Triangle Therapy in Eden. Now, why we decided to do this. Because our kids are older and we needed something to do. <laughs> <laughs> but and I, and there's know. a void in the area yeah. for these
1: types of services for children with special needs. So that's where our heart lies. Yeah. Uh, we both love animals and have grown up around animals, and uh, it just seems to fit yeah. well.
2: You know, you think about it because the closest ones, closest therapy to Oxford is 45 minutes away. So you take a family who has other children to drive 45 minutes one way for a half an hour, an hour therapy session, and then another 45 minutes back home, you have other kids that are involved in sports and activities. That's really hard on families, um, you know, to, to, to meet all the needs of their kids. We have families who, when we worked in the hospital, had to drag, drag the siblings with them because no other place to you know, take them because it was so far away. So, I mean, I I think it will help families around here have something that's closer um, and can allow them some flexibility.
0: Well, it sounds great. Uh, Being someone that's very interested in facilities, you've got to have the facilities to do the kind of things that you want from a programming standpoint. So could you talk a little bit about your facility? Where is it? It sounds like you've got a lot of outdoor elements sure. to it. Can you, can you go yes. in depth with that?
1: Uh, the facility is located at Hillside Farm, which is owned by my parents, Bob and Barb Sherman. It's on 73, just down sure. the hill from sure. Miami. Sure. Um, and it's a 50-acre horse farm. It has an indoor arena. It has probably 15 horse stalls. Um, So we have an office there that we've refurbished that we can use with kids, and then we have rabbits. We will have some pygmy goats in the next few weeks. Um, We have a miniature Arabian horse named Stanley. (laughs) He's quite a character. And then we have two grown horses that we can use for hippotherapy for children. We've We've taken two stalls and made that into a sensory room for kids that need swings, climbing, Um, balancing, all of those types of things. Um, So it's going to be a great facility and we we hope to expand over time um, to have trails, you know, that the kids can be walking through nature and learning communication skills or fine motor skills, gross motor, um, out in nature. We did not mention that we have hired a speech therapist uh, just for the summer at this point who also has a tremendous amount of pediatric experience. So um, she will be able to use the animals to help facilitate communication skills with children. Okay. So that's our facility. It's located at uh, 4653 Oxford-Trenton Road, okay. close to Miami Police Station sure. and close to the Miami Stables. Yeah.
0: And, and we'll, we'll obviously put this all in the show notes so the audience can click on your websites and, and those kind of things to get more information. So when you have a Therapy session is a one on one, is it small group? Do you do a mixture of things? What, what, what's, a, what's a typical session look like if typical?
2: Typically, it, for outpatient things, typically is one on one. Like in school settings, they can be more group environments, um, but one on one is what is used for outpatient um, for most things. Like children's does run groups for more like social skill kind of things. Um, so, I mean, I can see that as we expand and grow, that could be something, especially with speech therapy, they'll do a lot mm-hmm. of that for the social piece. Cause it's hard to work on social still skills when there's only one of you. Sure. So, um, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing there that, that we'll be doing. And we have some things that we're looking at for the future of the business as we grow. Um, and we'll just kind of have to see where that goes.
0: <laughs> so I'm an inter- I'm an interested parent. Walk me through the process. What's what's an initial meeting with you look like with with a child to set up a program? And then how do you how do you develop it from there?
1: Okay, fair question. Um a parent would call, and make an appointment, and at that time we would tell them that we need a prescription from their physician for whatever service they would like us to evaluate. Uh, We would complete an evaluation and talk with the parents about history, what the goals are, what the child's goals are. Um, And then through the evaluation, what we do is we determine what pieces are missing from that child's ability to function that limit their skills. Um, So if it's a strength piece, we would work on strength, obviously. Um, We set goals at that time. And those goals are monitored every time we see the child. And tweaked and adapted. Um, We definitely use a lot of family input when we're determining Mm -hmm. what what they're interested in for their child. Um, Typically, we might recommend six to eight weeks of treatment and then reevaluate, did we make any progress? Did we meet our goals? What do we need to change? That type of thing.
0: Great. So, I imagine there's some sort of physical test that you you give as part of this process yes. to help you with that?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, we have different standardized assessments that okay. we can use if that's important. Sometimes it is if a family is interested in knowing where their child is functioning compared to same age peers. If it's not important and they're just struggling with certain skills in life um, that the child would like to be able to achieve, we can work on those things without a standardized assessment. So we can do uh, a multiple different different types of evaluation.
0: Question that keeps popping in my head because I, I've interviewed people as part of this show that are in healthcare. What what did you know going in about regulations to, to get your business up to standard, the uh, billing process for healthcare? What what did you know already trying to navigate that process, and what what has been new going in, into this venture? Uh, that's- most
1: of it's been new. Um, we've had some. Experience, of course, dealing with insurance and billing processes when we were outpatient therapists. Um, I would say Margie Bench of Triangle Therapy has been hugely helpful, and uh, she started her business from scratch. Mm-hmm. So she's guided us along the way, um, what type of now policies we, we, we need to have in enough. place, and, um, uh, making sure that we have liability insurance and those types of things has been new I just really enjoy working with the kids. So the whole business end of it has been a growing process
2: for both of us. Sure. Uh, But Marty's helped quite a bit in that end. Yeah. Yeah, the whole business thing, because neither one of us have any business experience. You know, we've always worked for other people. So Mm -hmm. that's been the biggest hurdle is knowing what you have to do to have a business.
0: Was there anything from a certification standpoint where, people had to come in and evaluate your facilities as, you're, as you've as you been developing them? Um, we,
1: we were certain to have a fire inspection so that um, children would be safe. So we have put some fire extinguishers up and exit signs and that type of thing um, to make sure the facility is safe. And uh, hippotherapy is a lot like uh, writing, giving the writing instruction. The goals are different, but the process is similar. So Uh, As far as that goes, that's been our model for regulations. Mm
0: -hmm. And do do both, you you mentioned horses a few times, do you both have background with equestrian?
1: Yes. Uh, I was in 4-H since I was 12 years old. And then I showed competitively in the American Quarter Horse Association circuit and then I showed for Miami University on the equestrian team, and also for Ohio State okay.
2: on their equestrian team. So I have a lot of background uh, with horses. Yeah, Amy's the one with the horse experience. <laughs> I've just been a horse lover. Okay. I've Yeah, I've had just riding lessons and and things like that. And that's the thing—the whole thing about the hippotherapy is that a therapist really doesn't have to have a ton of experience with horses. It's more about the movement that occurs from the horse movement. That impacts the the client, um, so it's it, it's obviously good to have a, a basis and a background. I, I wouldn't think anybody just coming, never being around a horse, could do it. But um, it, the way that it's trained, you you kind of get what you need from the courses that that you go to. So that that intro course for me was very helpful, looking at the gait of a horse and how to get certain movements to help facilitate movements in the child that's sitting on the horse. Um, That's what you're really looking at. So that course is really helpful for understanding the horse piece of it.
0: Sure. So you mentioned cerebral palsy as being one of the conditions that you can help your customers with. What have been some success stories you've seen or a particular success story with someone Maybe with cerebral palsy, or it could be another example where uh, you just you see a night and day difference from beginning to end, and, and just the improvement of quality of life. Does anything come to top of mind for you?
1: Sure. Um, without giving too much information for confidentiality purposes, uh, Audra and I have both assisted as sidewalkers um, to a place that provides hypotherapy. And I can recall a little boy who came in using a walker. And um, he had what's called diplegic cerebral palsy, so very high muscle tone in both legs, to the point where when he would attempt to take a step, his legs would scissor and, and cross at the ankles, and it's very difficult to take steps. So his goal in therapy was to be able to walk more efficiently with his feet apart, um, be able to take steps without tripping over his other leg. And through the course of hippotherapy, he was on a nice wide horse. So the whole time he's riding, he's getting a stretch to his adductor muscles. Um, The movement of the horse is facilitating balance reactions through his trunk and pelvis. And I think it was probably three sessions later And I watched him come in using his walker, feet were wide apart, he wasn't tripping, he was walking more quickly and more efficiently, and I was really amazed. And that was not a therapy that I provided as a therapist, I was a volunteer, but I did note the difference in that child's gait and ability to
2: walk after just a few sessions.
0: Wow, that's amazing.
2: Um, Well, the same thing with with observing the um, kids that we saw at this facility. Um, There was a child with a diagnosis of autism, Um, and first day being there, and these kids oftentimes have kind of low tone, um, so kind of, you know, and kind of that curved posture, um, and getting him on the horse, he was – he was obviously very scared, unsure of things, freaking out about the bugs, you know. And, and a lot of kids with autism do have issues with bugs that, that are more extreme than a, a typical kid. I mean, every kid is afraid of a bee or fly, you know, to some extent. But theirs tends to be a little bit more heightened because um, they can tend to hear them more and things like that. But this this boy, putting him on the horse did one therapy session where we're just walking him around. We're taking it easy. We're not pushing him any at all because it's his first session, really just trying to get you, him used to being on the horse. Um, and then the next week, the mom came in and this or brought the boy in, and he, walked, he came in walking with, like, an increased posture. His shoulders were back. His head was up. Wasn't really talking about the bugs and stuff. We even went on a trail ride that day where – Branches are brushing up against him. And I think for a child like that, that typically would have bothered him. The cobwebs hitting him in the face, riding down the trail. And he did fantastic, like, and didn't want to leave. And, I mean, that's a huge thing for those kids with autism who have trouble connecting with people. And so he kind of was connecting with his environment, you know. So it was amazing how different he was from that first session to the second session. And they're only a week apart. You know.
0: What made you go down the path of pursuing this therapy modality versus another, another modality that's in practice? And I don't, I, I, I don't know others that are out there, but why, why are you focusing in on this particular method?
1: Well, I'm focusing on this method because um, over two decades of doing this, I really feel that you need to treat the child as a whole person. We're not just working on strength. We're not just working on balance. We're working on that child feeling good about themselves and having things that they feel successful doing, um, things that they enjoy doing, um, something that potentially could become a hobby for them down the road, and this just seemed... Perfect. Most children, not all, but most love animals. They love to be helpful. Um, they can help feed our animals. They can help take care of our animals. Um, and I just think that psychologically as well as physically, it's it's going to be a wonderful fit for children in our community.
0: Great. I,
2: I would agree with that. I was just thinking, um, you know, looking at the kids and some of the things that we can do, it's... It's so much more rewarding for them, like she was saying, like that responsibility piece of of helping to feed a horse. Well, we're looking at, oh, can they use two hands to pick up the bucket to carry the, you know, the bucket to the animal while they're balancing, you know, while they're walking, those kind of things. You know, that's just way more fun than being in a clinic setting um, and doing maybe those things in a simulated fashion instead of more of a true functional activity. Um, Because especially for occupational therapy, occupational therapy started, our focus is function Um, and looking at if something is, if if a client or the parent wants um, a child to be able to do a particular thing, it's because there's a function behind it. Um, So doing, actually incorporating functional tasks into the therapy gives it more purpose.
0: Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned this a few times. Can you speak to how important the mental aspect is to the road to recovery or improvement?
1: Um, I have studied motor learning theory for for many years, and research is out there that really suggests that you have to have buy-in, if you will, for the task that you are trying to accomplish. So the more you're involved in the activity and the more you desire to achieve that activity, the more rapidly your motor learning is going to occur. And that's what, as a physical therapist, I am primarily working on with children, is motor learning, laying those motor pathways so that they can learn a new skill. Um, And it's just critical that they be involved in that. And you make a lot more progress with a child who's having fun and is engaged, then in one that you're saying, you have to do this. And we have to do this ten times. And um, and that's just something that we don't necessarily learn in school, but through experience, you just notice the kids that make the most progress are the ones, of course, that were motivated and really felt good about what they were doing.
2: So. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. So if there's an interested family that, that you, you mentioned how how they can set up an appointment, what what are the typical hours that you're going to offer appointments?
1: That is a good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we both currently work full-time for our school system, as does our speech therapist. Yeah. So this summer, we are wide open to any times that families need. Uh, when the school year starts back, it will be afternoons, possibly some Saturday mornings, Um, We're also looking at potentially contracting with more staff to have more available hours. So
2: um,
1: this summer, very wide open availability after that, most likely after school hours um, and possibly some weekend times.
0: So the June 3rd open date is because of (laughs) school being out? Yes. All right, because you're ready to go right now. sounds like, except for that part. There's only 17
2: days, actual days of school. We don't count weekends.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's great. Well, so we can put this in the show notes. How can people find out online or phone numbers more about what you're offering?
2: Our phone number is 513-273-1125. And then our email, oh, no, I'm going to mess this up, is hillsidefarmtherapy at gmail.com. And we do have a Facebook page, Hillside Farm Therapy, as well. Um, And and a website? And a website, yes.
0: Okay, what's the website? Hillside
2: Farm Therapy as well. We just kind of kept it easy.
0: Is it .com, .net? It's
2: .com. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I haven't had it that long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it sounds like a great thing, and it, it, it obviously sounds like you've identified a, a strong need for it because of not, just not a lot of options being available. Uh, what else would you like the audience to know that might be listening to this?
1: I would like the audience to know that uh, we truly care about their children and want to make a difference for those children so that they feel good about themselves and what they can accomplish. Um, so
2: that's where our hearts lie. And at the same time, we need people to know that not every kid will be put on a horse. There are some contraindications of, of kids who can't be put on a horse because of issues with their hips, and so the, the stretching of horses is, is too much for the hips, or um, there is a condition that some children with Down syndrome that have that's a cervical neck issue that it's not recommended for them to be on a horse, and also it it kind of depends on what the goals are. Um, the goals are what drives the therapy. So and unless we've discovered a way that can incorporate the goal into the use of the animals, we wouldn't always use the animals so i think some people call and they, they hear that you're doing hippotherapy and really we're doing occupational physical therapy and we might use a horse or a goat as a piece of that but it may not always be the case
0: sure sure i wish you the best of luck and I, maybe in a year or so we can sit down and give us an update on how you're doing that
1: sounds great
0: all right well well, thank you for coming today. Thanks for having us. Sure. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohio Show. This was episode 67. And we were talking with Amy Vollmer and Audra Drake from Hillside Farm Pediatric Therapy. Please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you for listening and have a great day.